Blog Talk Radio. Let's get lost in a better place. Pick up a bird, travel through time and space. So much to learn, so much to see. A chance to escape reality. Open your mind and your heart. For a fresh new start MJ Network will bring you there So let's talk about it When life and on the air Morning everyone, this is Fran Lewis Welcome to Book Talk And I am so excited Author Cindy McDonald is here, and this time we're going to talk about Alexa Owl, and I will read you the summary in a minute, but before I forget, I want to wish safety and good luck, and I hope that Hillary and Franklin, and now we've got Idelia, and I truly hope everybody stays safe and nothing else happens to you because of the storm. One of the authors that I was supposed to interview on, on Monday got caught and he couldn't come to the show, so I just hope everybody else stays safe. And welcome to book, welcome to book discussion. And out of the blue, that ordinary angel who I love, Detective Bobby Starr, shows up at the Owl's Nest Couturier shop. Much to Alexa Owl's surprise, Bobby doesn't need any help. Rather, he's brought along someone else who wants to qualify for St. Peter's Guardian Angel. I think we'd all need one. St. Pete has delegated this new inductee to solve a murder to get into the group. But whose murder is it? You want to find out who killed Detective Bobby Starr, and how can she turn it down? And if you want to know what happens, you got to listen to the show. So, hi, Cindy. Welcome <laughs> to book discussion with me again. <laughs> hi. Hello, Fran. It's always good to be here. Always. Well, this this one is really cool because, first of all, the title is great. So we have Alexa and Winnie. I love Winnie. So how how do they deal with the two Alexas? What happens when she has to do something? Give us a little background. Okay, well, um, first of all, um, you know that Alexa owns a couturier shop in Pittsburgh on Penn Avenue, which is in the strictest district of uh, Pittsburgh. And Minnie is an ornery Irish woman, and and she is the manager of the shop. And um, through the 40s, uh, and into the very early 70s, which thankfully we haven't gotten to the 70s yet, uh, Winnie's parents, Brian and Molly Mullaney, were the proprietors of the Lazy Hound Pub, which used to be what um, Alexa's shop was. It was an old mm. pub. Um, so when, when, Ale- when Alexa goes into the future with Bobby Starr, um, what is left behind is like a replacement body, and mm-hmm. this, uh, this this Alexa handles all her business dealings, does her sewing, uh, you know, handles her relationship with Cliff, and but everybody calls this version of Alexa zombie Alexa because they say she mm-hmm. has very little personality. So that's what happens when. Uh, Alexa goes away, she's able to, her shop continues to move forward, her life continues to move forward, 
she just has a little replacement person there. That's what happens there. I think everybody would love to have a replacement person, especially yeah. when they're going through stuff they don't want to go through. So yeah. she, she went back to the year some, my brother was born, not too much uh, after me, before, what year after. And why does he go back to 1965, and who was with her, and what was the mission? Okay, so um, when Bobby shows up at uh, Alexa's, apartment, which is above the couturier shops and at the Alton, um, they, uh, he has somebody with him, and that is Detective Clifton Slater, mm-hmm. who is Cliff's grandfather, because she dates um, a, um, a man by the name of Cliff Slater, who is Clifton's grandson, and they are both homicide detectives, Clifton in the past, Cliff in the present. So anyway, he, uh, you know, spoiler alert, uh, Detective Slater passes away of old age in the last book, which was, um, oh, what was the name of the last book? Oh, Double Dog Dare. And uh, so now here he is trying to get into the Guardian Angel Squad. And um, St. Pete uh, makes it that you have to, you know, do a few requirements to get into this book. And in uh, this man's case, just like Bobby, it is solved past murders that were never solved. Well, as we find out from the scroll, the scroll tells us that the murder he has to solve is Bobby's murder. And Bobby is absolutely stunned because he had no idea he was murdered. He, he thought that he just, you know, he just died. And uh, in fact, he was murdered. So that is that is the assignment. Who killed Bobby Starr? It's kind of like who killed Jr. Mm. They shouldn't have killed off Jr. He was too good. No, seriously. <laughs> but Bob, you know, however you do did this was outrageous, and how Bobby died. Whoa. So tell us about wife number five. Catherine and why she was upset. Hmm. And how did who else was with Catherine? Okay, so Catherine is Bobby's fifth wife, like you just said, and she is the third wife to have the name Catherine. She had a Catherine, then she had a Coralie, and then a Catherine, and then a Venetia, and then she was Catherine, but she spelled her name with a K. So she is known as Catherine with a K. And uh, she was a diva in a local operetta company, on stage operetta. And uh, before the uh, performance, that, and they're getting ready to put on The Merry Widow, which, by the way, The Merry Widow is not an opera. It is an operetta. And uh, mm-hmm. so right before the performance, one of the um, – one of the character, uh, one of the actors, singers, whatever you want to call them, they um, they fall ill and they cannot perform. So Roy Hathaway, who is a dear friend and fellow opera singer, uh, comes into Catherine's dressing room and says, "Hey, Bert Mateer is sick and he can't he can't perform. We don't have an understudy for this man. Somebody's got to go on." And he just plays the part of the waiter. 
And the waiter mm. is a very big part because he handles all the big party scenes. And I and Bert has a tendency to ham it up. So she says, "What are we going to do?" And he says, "Well, the only person is your husband." And she goes, "He doesn't know how to sing. He doesn't have to sing. Just have him put on Bert's costume and go on stage and mm-hmm. serve the drinks. Serve the drinks." And he says, "He doesn't have to ham it up. Just serve the drinks to the singers." So they talk Bobby into this, and. Um, of course, uh, am I allowed to go on to what happened? Well, you could tell if you want. Yeah, there oh, are other uh, there are other, there are other people in the in the show. There's Royce who in the other offices, and how somebody right, are, how, who yeah. gets upset when he dies? Like, does anybody care? Oh yes. Well, when he goes on stage, when he goes on stage, he does exactly what Bert Mateer does. He hams it up, you know, and and he's really good at it. He doesn't sing a, a single note, but he, you know, serves the drinks, and sometimes he takes a sip of one of the drinks while he's serving, and the audience is just eating out of Bobby Starr's hands. Well, as as Catherine is getting ready to come on stage, her mm. cue is that the waiter exits. Well, as he's exiting, he is stumbling all over the stage. He even stumbles and mm. knocks a singer to, her, to the floor. And by the time he gets off stage, he drops dead right in front of a woman named Pookie Mateer. Mm-hmm. And Pookie is the seamstress for the onstage operetta company, and she is also Bert Mateer, the man who was sick with his wife. Sick. Yeah, the whole the whole company is pretty upset when Bobby Starr drops dead. Yes. Oh, I like Bobby Starr. I felt so bad for him, but you know somebody's got to go. What can you do? Yes, so, somebody has to go. Yeah. Well, this this was cracked me up altogether. Then we went back to the present, and I love Winnie. I wanted to smack Louie in the head for being for being <laughs> horrible. And you know this is a typical man, yeah. So why does he drop her and? Why is his daughter Olivia Dalton like Winnie? Well, then there's Louis big old Louis and then there's young Louis, right? There's two Louis there. <laughs> there well, yeah, there's old Louis, which is uh, Louis Santorini, who dates Winnie, and the other one is named Louis, and that is his grandson, who I, I believe I said was ten years old in the in the book. Yeah. Um, but um, I introduced the, carry, uh, the character Louis, Louis Santorini in the last book, Double Dog Dare, and he's an older man, like, like Winnie, and um, he owns a popular bar downtown Pittsburgh called mm. Louis's Little Mardi Gras, which has a Mardi Gras theme all year long. And um, in, way back in the day when they were young, Louis and Winnie had dated, but she dumped him. And now in Double Talk there, they, they became reunited. And so he has a younger daughter whose name is Olivia. I believe her name is Olivia Shipman. She, she's married, and that's mm-hmm. who Lewis's mother is. And she doesn't like Winnie at all, mainly because she feels like Winnie is not only replacing her mother, and I guess Louis isn't a... Um, a long-time widower. He's only been a widow for widower for like two years. So she feels as though not only is Winnie replacing her mother, but she is an inappropriate 
replacement because Winnie's pretty much a free spirit. I think we've seen that in the other mm-hmm. three books, that she's a, she's a pretty free spirit. And um, she was, uh, Olivia also was a, a late-in-life child. Like, she's mm-hmm. in her early 30s where her brothers are in their 40s and 50s. And she's, you know, when you, you, when you have a child late in life, you tend to spoil them. And so she's very, very spoiled. She's used to having all her father's attention. And now here comes this free-spirited Irish woman, and he's paying a little too much attention to Winnie, and she's not in love with her at all. I understand that. When my brother was born, I mean, came down at the bottom of the list, whatever. <laughs> As a matter of fact, my mother said he was my problem because he was born on my birthday. Oh. So what can I say? Yeah, so I got, to, I got to do all the stuff that she didn't feel like doing. That's okay. I did it better, I say I suppose. <laughs> so so then this was so cool. In chapter two, Barbie arrives. Why? And what happens when he comes when he comes there? What does Alexa do? I like Barbie. Uh when he arrives at the house, you mean? No, yeah, he comes but he comes to the present. He goes to Owl's Nest. Oh yeah. And he brings Slater along. Right. That's and, right. Um, Angel Slater. Yeah. Yeah, he brings Slater along because he wants to, uh, he wants um, Alexa to um, help him get into the Guardian Angel Squad, kind of like she has assisted Bobby. Even though Clifton doesn't really need help because he's a very good detective, he just needs guidance because this is new territory, let's face it. I mean, how often are we dead? Um, So they go to the owl's nest and... Alexa's in bed sleeping. It's like, what, 3 o'clock in the morning or something. So Bobby decides he's got to move Alexa because Cliff is right there in bed with her, and he doesn't want Cliff to wake up and see Alexa talking to nobody. So they decide Mm -hmm. they're going to move her. So he clicks his finger and sends her to Winnie's house. And so Winnie has uh, company. And it's 2 o'clock in the morning here. And Winnie's got company, and that company is, in fact, Louis Santorini. And so they're in the living room, and Winnie comes in and finds them in the living room, and she's like, what are you doing here? And they explain. And so that's when the scroll shows up to tell them what the assignment is. And Slater asks her, will you help me? And she says, yes, I'd be honored to help him. Well, that makes Bobby kind of annoyed because every time he shows up, uh, she's not real quick about saying, oh, yeah, I'll go with you, Bobby. It's always, oh, I have to think about it. I've got a relationship mm. to think about. I've got to take care of the shop. And he's kind of annoyed because Slater says, will you help me? And she says, absolutely, I'll help you. I'll be honored to help you. So Bobby's a little bit put off by that, um, by that comment. So, but they do, and they go back to 1965, I believe it is, 1965, right. says Bobby died in 64, and whenever I write these, I always write them that it's a year later or two years after the death is mm-hmm. what I usually do. We don't do it like immediate. So um, they go back to 1965. 
60-wide, and, and Bobby has been dead for a whole year. I felt so bad for him, too, because yeah. I really didn't want to know, but what dead. can you do? Dead is dead. What can right. you do? <laughs> well, anyway, right. um, now this is the hard part. What they were searching, they went back, and what they were they were searching. Um, where were they going for the death? They were looking for the desk, right? And what clues did they find? But before we go on to the to what happened in the thing, every chapter has something that tells you what the chapter is about, right? Yeah, and it has a title. Yeah, we Yeah. Yeah, the chapter I like the best is "Follow the Money," because Bird hired. Bert hired Bobby to investigate his monetary losses at Lifetime Investments. So why did he do that? And that didn't have anything to do with um, Bert's death? Well, now, Bert, when the, the opera that night is over and Bobby is killed, yeah. Pookie goes back home and she finds that her husband is dead. And um, so, you know, it, it comes to light that he was poisoned slowly poisoned. And, you know, when Slater starts digging and looking into this, he, he she, she keeps telling him, our finances were falling apart. We were losing money. Bert was so good with money, and he was so distraught because all of our investments were just falling through the floor. Mm. Well, then they find out just by talking around that Bobby – was always backstage talking to um, talking to Burke in a very quiet, in-the-corner type way. And as it turned out, Burke had hired Bobby to look into lifetime investments and find out if something, you know, kooky was going on that they were, you know, stealing money from him. He just couldn't figure out why all his money was disappearing rather than growing. So, uh, you know, Bobby was involved, yes, with, uh, with Bert Mateer and his money problem. And Royce Hathaway, if you remember, the singer who was real yeah. good with Hathaway, he was an agent for Lifetime Investments. Um, and as it turns out, during that, the course of the year that Bobby has been gone, Catherine and Royce get married. And, you know, everybody who knows them, especially the cast members, kind of raise their eyebrows at that. You know, this man dies, and then she marries another guy from, from our operetta company. Mm-hmm. You know, what gives? What, you know, did she kill her husband? Did she, you know, you know, not because Bobby had a lot of money, but rather to you know, free her up to marry another? Is is that what's going on? You know, just a lot of suspicions about Catherine and Royce's marriage. So well, I know um, that. We're not going to tell them what that is, because then what can I no. say? But tell the Merry Widow was a great operetta. I took music mm-hmm. in college. I had to memorize it. I'm serious. Mm-hmm. I had to memorize the whole thing, and I had to be able to repeat it back. Tell what it was about, and where, where the music was played. I had to tell where it was in the in the operetta. Try doing that, people. And yeah. I did it. Awesome. It was hard. Yeah. So tell us about the operetta and who played the leading role, which was really a, a ingenious idea. 
and the tensions at the music hall. I mean, weren't they worried about something that that was going to happen again? Well, um, first of all, the operetta is The Merry Widow, and it is about um, uh, Glenn Gowarly. I'm, I'm very bad at saying that last name. She is a, um, a very wealthy woman who has been recently widowed, and she lives in the Balkan state. Pompadera, uh, and um, the they want her to remarry, but they want her to remarry a Pompadarian and not a Frenchman, because mm-hmm. you know the country is in such bad, and she, they want her to save them from ruin, and they want her to marry Count Danello, and that is the role of voice is Count Danello. And the problem with uh, Count Danello is that Hannah and, oh, it's Hannah, not Glenn, excuse me, Hannah Glowari. She she and Danello are plain, and the Count is just too vain to marry her for for her money. So as time goes by, there's a lot of mix-ups and humorous intrigues, which, you know, the, the Merry Widow... A lot of operetta, especially Sullivan, um, Sullivan and, um, oh, I can't think. Anyway, their operas are usually operettas, and they're, they're humorous. And uh, she, uh, she announces that she is going to marry uh, Camille Count de Zerillo, and um, that is when Danilo is forced to tell her his true feelings. So... Um, she, Catherine, with a K, plays the role, the main lead, which is Hannah. And Royce plays the part of Danilo. And uh, so I, I'm sure that that's how their, their romance blossoms by, uh, you know, playing these roles opposite. And this isn't the first time. She's been in many of these operettas for mm. this operetta company. And so I'm sure that's how their, you know, their friendship and then their romance bloomed was, you know, playing opposite to each other in these operas and being in this operetta company. Well, this chapter really was interesting, too. I have the book in front of me, people. Just so I make a mistake. Yeah, so do I. (laughs) (laughs) So you have Chapter 14, The Sister Act. Now, Alexa has to make a decision, right? And Alexa could sew. So why does she go back in time, and why does she decide that she's going to be this this the seamstress for the opera stars? That was really cool. Let me tell you. Well, she gets um, once again. Pookie Matier was the yeah. seamstress for the on-stage operatic yeah. company, and she's yeah. been their seamstress for many years. But with her husband dying only a year before. And, you know, she's kind of in an emotional state, but she does come back to the operetta company and start to get everything ready for the Merry Widow. But just being at that, uh, at the Carnegie Hall in Carnegie in Pittsburgh, it was just too much for her. And she just said, I, I can't do this. I, I just do it, which you can un- completely understand. Well, Alexa is pretty to the conversation that, you know, we need to see this. Talis tells her that. So um, she says, hey, you know what I do for a living? I'm a seamstress. 
how about if I do the seamstress work for your opera, at least for this one? And, you know, Slater's like, what are you doing that for? Because she says, now I'm on the inside. I'm a mole. I get to see what is going on in amongst what, you know, the, the conversations and the relationships inside this little company. So while she's there, there's a young singer. His name is Adam. And um, he is, he doesn't quite look like everybody else. He's not as clean cut and everything as everybody else is. Mm -hmm. And um, he keeps kind of, his name's Adam Bless. Um, He keeps um, visiting with this young girl backstage. And and, and Alexa has witnessed him. Um, kissing her, and she's got real short hair, and seeing him in the shadows with her, but she's not a member of the cast, but she can't figure Mm. out who this young girl is. And as it turns out, she is, I'm going to try and say this word right, too. I mean, I had all the words before, but that doesn't mean I have them today. She is a novative nun, which is a nun in training. It's a young girl who has not taken her vows. Mm-hmm. And she is a novitiate nun for the, the church, St. Elizabeth, which is just right down the street from this music hall. And her aunt, Mother Viviana Reveron, is the abyss at St. Elizabeth. And, and her sister, um, and she is this girl's aunt, and her name is Sister Viviana, the girl. And she has mm-hmm. taken her mother's her name. You know, the, the nuns take names. Um, they can take the name of another nun, or they can take the name of a saint. Um, and there are very few female saints. Um, I want to say there's, oh, I looked it up. I, knew, I think there's only like 10 female saints where there are just bunches and bunches of male saints. So she takes, and so Alexa comes to be aware that he's, like, fooling around with this young nun. So um, at, part, at, a, at a very pivotal part in the storyline, which I think we're going to get to very soon, mm-hmm. um, she, she and this nun switch clothing so that, that Alexa can escape something that happens. Well, she gets in trouble, doesn't she? Because it's hard to tell the difference between which Slater in the front and which Slater in the back. So she was being escorted to the police station in 1965. So who is Joe Randolph? And what does he have to do with this? So how do you tell the difference between the real Steve, the real Wheeler, and the other Wheeler? Well, they're both... That's weird. There's two Wheelers yeah, yeah, there's two wheelers, um, and they're brothers. But the one wheeler owns the um, Lifetime uh, Investment Company, and uh, he's out of town. And basically he's hiding because, yeah, he is doing bad things with everybody's investments in that company, mm-hmm. not just um, – not just Burton here. He's he's messing around with people's money in a big, 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 big way. And um, poor Royce 
uh, Hathaway is caught up in the middle of it, and he doesn't know anything about it because he's not involved. He's just taking the heat for it. So then there's um, Detective Wheeler, who is um, who does not get along with Detective Slater at all because Slater tells Alexa that he's not an honest cop. He's a dirty cop. But uh, he's, he's so good at it that, you know, you, there's nothing you can really do about him. And so um, he is trying to protect his brother's interests. But during the interim, uh, he, he's coming after Alexa, and uh she stumbles over a dead body, and that dead body happens to be uh, Steve Wheeler. Joe, uh, isn't his name Joe Wheeler? What is this? What is uh Oh my God! I've got to look look him you up. Said Steve Steve Wheeler. You said Steve Wheeler. Steve Wheeler. Steve Wheeler is the guy who owns the investment company. Yeah. And um, the the detective's name is. Vince Wheeler. Yeah, Vince yeah. Wheeler is the homicide detective, and Steve Wheeler is his brother, who is found dead in the catwalk because um, uh, Detective Wheeler is chasing Alexa. She's dressed in this this mm. uh, this nun outfit, and he's chasing her on the backstage area, and she, she she runs up the catwalk, and here he comes after her. And this is during the performance of The Merry Widow. This is this is mm-hmm. like a performance, and all the nuns from St. Elizabeth is in the audience because they all, always give them a free show. And when she runs across the catwalk, there's this hump, like this clump of something. But she can't tell it's a dead body until she comes right up to it, and then she sees it's a dead man slumped on the catwalk, and sure enough, it's Steve Wheeler. So even Detective Wheeler is unaware that his mm. brother has been murdered and left on the catwalk. That's so he accuses, he, he accuses the Alexa of, of killing this man, and just then, when he does this, Slater walks in, only it's not Angel Slater, it's the real Slater. And he's got Joe Randolph with him, who is his sergeant. And uh, Joe Randolph has a thing for Alexa. I think I made that pretty clear that when he meets her at the precinct, he thinks she's pretty hot. Poor Alexa, she's in big trouble. Yeah, so, so, he comes, so they, they do arrest her. How do they, how do, I mean, it would be really cool to go back in time. So maybe the people that died, you can make, so they didn't die. That would be really nice, but you can't do that. <laughs> or you could go in the future, yeah. and maybe you don't have to remember the past. I often want to do that, too. So yeah. Joe is there, so who is Piers? And the rivalry comes into play now, doesn't it? Um, Piers is, uh, Piers Linney is his name, and he is um, the director of the um, onstage operetta company, mm. and um, he is from England, and he's been the um, director for the company for four years, and um, he 
he tells um, the the angel Slater that uh, everybody is um, suspicious of Catherine and Royce's relationship and then quick marriage after the death of her husband. But he says there's nothing to it other than he was with her. He was he was he was for, there for her. They fell in love and they got married. And Slater asks him straight up, "Are either of these two people capable of murdering anybody?" And and Pierce tells them, "Absolutely not. He is not. Neither of these two people are capable of killing anyone. They just, you know, they're just together. That's all." So um, and then when when Slater goes to the investment company to talk to Royce. Royce doesn't know anything about the money that is going missing other than other than uh, Bert keeps coming to him and saying, hey, what's happening to my money? And he says, but Bert's not my customer. He's not my, you know, I, I don't deal with his files, and his files are locked up. Steve has his files. I, I don't have any right to look at those files. I don't know what he's talking about. So, you know, Bert, uh, Royce doesn't know anything about the money, the missing money. Well, before I forget, Monday is the last one till September. Blinded Justice. Dan Romanello will be here on the 5th. This is really exciting. Uh, Betty Slade uh, deals with a religious magazine and inspirational, and she does, she's, writes about horses. She also invited me in December. I don't know why, but I'm glad she did. And anybody that wants to try it, it's called the six word story. And what I do what you have to do is she gives you a prompt and you like horses. And they're always horses. You have to look at the prompt and you have to write six words for the beginning of a story. So this week I gave her twelve six word stories. And she publishes them in her magazine. And you just never know what it's going to be. It's a lot of fun. On the 12th, New York Times authors Boyd and Elizabeth Morrison, The Last True Templar. On the 15th, New York Times author, and I never do Friday, but only for John Lansing, 25 to Life. On the 20th, Tess Gerenson, Spy Coast. On the 21st, Eleanor Coons. And on the 28th, this should be interesting, um, Minister Sam Oliver and I are going to talk about hospice care. And how people need it. Yeah, it should be. Yeah, it gets interesting. Let me tell you. So anybody that needs an interview, uh, September's gone, October's gone, and November is almost gone, and December is getting filled up. That's all I could say. I was like, yeah, <laughs> and I gave the last one in December to Vincent Sandry. There's a few more in between. So. Bobby goes to see Louie. Why does he go to see Louie? And can you tell us more about Chapter 15? I love Bobby. I'm sorry, people. I just really like Bobby. Well, Bobby is, you know, as a uh, double dog dare, he he fulfilled all three of his requirements and was accepted into the guardian angel. Yeah. So now he's a, a real guardian angel. So when he's there in the present, Winnie is going through a really rough time because Louie Dumpster, because Olivia is so unhappy. And um, mm-hmm. there was a little accident at the house where Louis broke something. 
and Lewis and their dog broke something, and she took the blame for it. And the girl was just bent up about it. So Louis just felt as though, hey, you know, I can't choose this woman over my daughter. I, I have to choose my daughter. I have no choice. So uh, he, tells, he tells Winnie it's over. And even though Winnie's putting on a very brave face, She's not doing well at all, and, and Bobby can see this. So he starts making a few little guardian angel visits. Mm-hmm. And he visits, um, he visits Lewis um, at the park with his dog, Alistair. Um, and he's throwing a ball for Alistair, and the ball bounces next to Bobby, who is sitting on a park bench. And he's dressed like anybody you would see sitting on a park bench in, in present day. I think he has on a pair of uh, jeans and a polo shirt. You know, he doesn't have a fedora on. And so he's sitting there, and, and he gets the ball. And he has this little conversation with uh, Lewis trying to get to his, you know, conscience. You know, it's good to tell the truth. You ought to tell the truth. Mm. And then he throws the ball, and Alistair runs after it, and, you know, the boy goes. Then he makes another visit with Lewis, only this time it's in a, like, a Hallmark shop mm-hmm. because they're looking for a birthday present for Olivia, and they want to replace the broken angel that supposedly Winnie mm-hmm. broke. And now... Bobby is the salesperson at the Hallmark stop, and he impresses upon Lewis again how important it is to tell the truth. And then his final visit is to Louis Santorini one night after hours, and Louis cleaning up the bar. You know that everybody's gone, and Louis looks mm-hmm. up, and there's a man sitting at the end of the bar, but he's dressed like the 1950s, you know, double-breasted jacket and a fedora. Uh-huh. And when he turns the light on, good Lord, in the morning, it's Bobby Starr. And, yeah, he remembers Bobby Starr from back in the day. And so Bobby tells him, you know, you're going to let your daughter take your happiness away? Are you going to let your daughter take a really good thing away from you? And, 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 and Louie's just so taken aback because obviously this is a dead person talking to him because Bobby Starr has been dead since the 60s and this is the 2023 I think it is yeah so uh, he's pretty you know ah so just then there's a knock on the door and when he goes to the door who is it it's Olivia and Olivia you know tells her dad you know I, you, you need to do what you need to do so, you know, that's what this Bobby is, does. He, go ahead. So tell us about, before I forget, because I have the book in front of me, so I don't want to whatever, um, Pookie and Hazel, what do they have to do with each other? And then we'll get to the good part. <laughs> oh, gosh, Pookie and Hazel, how much do you love those two? So Pookie is, of course, the seamstress. At, who loses her husband, and she's kind of a, a mousy woman, and uh, she kind of spends a lot of trouble time with her sister Hazel, who is anything but mousy. She is bold. She is 
you know, you've got to find out what happened to your husband. You've got to, you know, this is ridiculous. They're hiding things from you, blah, 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 blah. And so uh, Hazel shows up at the, um, oh, my goodness, what happens at the end there? Hazel shows up at the, um, at the, uh, at the, at, the, at, the, at the music hall. At the music hall, yeah. Pookie, it. yeah, and Pookie has, oh, my goodness, I'm having a hard time remembering because I'm in the middle of writing another book, and I can't remember what happens at the end. Hazel it's chapter 17. It's the the eye for an eye. Right. Okay, let me find it. I Yeah, I'll remember once I see it. Well, I'm not going to say who it is. It just says they tell who killed Bert, but the people then the present are in the past, and they don't know what to believe as to who killed who. Right, yeah. Wait a minute, let me look. Oh, my God, I can't believe I'm, I'm drawing it a blank for it. When the operator's company decided to perform The Merry Widow, she went back to the music hall to work in the costume room, and Hazel insisted that she wanted information about Bert's death. And she knew Bert Starr was the victim, but she's not saying who. And they finally figure out who killed everybody and why. Right. Right. And, um, right. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm looking at it now. Yes. And, but when Pookie tries to get, no, Hazel tries to get Pookie out of there. She tries yeah. to get Pookie, Pookie to get in the car with her and not tell Slater anything. And, you know, Pookie just can't do it. She just can't do it. So Hazel yells out the window, I'm getting a lawyer. And she flies out the door, uh, out of the parking lot and leaves Pookie mm-hmm. behind. with Because she found out who killed everybody. And she wanted an apology from that person. And <laughs> she got her apology in a rather big way, didn't she? Yeah. She got, yeah, she she got it in a very sad way, yeah, you might say. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So when they find out who killed Bobby, we won't say who, because that we have yet to find out at the end, end as to why this right. all happened and everything. Uh, yeah, I figured that, yeah. And I have that on page 250. We won't say what, who killed, who really killed Bobby and why. Um, but mm-hmm. wh- what is going to happen? I mean, when she goes back to the present, Alexa has to deal with Winnie and Louie. And what happens with Winnie? Does she wake up and realize this guy's not right for me? Or does she like him? Or is she going to give him another chance? Or is she going to tell him what I would say, take a hike? No, seriously. My my father always said, if it doesn't work out, you don't go backwards, you go forwards, because you never know. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's just say that all of my books end in a very good way. And the problem with this particular book is its title, A Felonist Finale. And what everybody is thinking is it's the end of the Owl's Nest series. Yeah. That's what everybody's thinking. And it's just a felonist finale like in the end at the end of a show. The end yeah. of an opera. 
Yeah, because that's that's how the opera ended that night. Poor Bobby Starr dropped dead. So yeah, that 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 was the finale of the show that particular evening. So, but it's not the end for the, the for the Owl's Nest. As a matter of fact, I am writing the fifth Owl's Nest as we speak. I am on chapter one. I just started it last week because I just um, finished the twelfth book for Fiona. So Fiona, Fiona has a new book in November. Yeah, November 2nd, um, I will be releasing um, Murder by the Stroke. And it just oh, came nice. out of, uh, edit. yeah, I just came out of edit. And next week it goes to proofreading. And then it goes on to formatting. And uh, it will be ready for its November release. And it's up for pre-order right now. You can pre-order that book on Amazon right now. And, um, yeah, so that, you know, this, this book does have a problem with its title because it gives the impression that I'm done, but I'm not. I've got a lot more to do with Alexa and Slater and Cliff and, uh, and, and, and uh, Winnie. And so this next book will be very good. I, it doesn't have a title yet. I'm, I'm having a hard time titling it. Mm. So I'm just writing, and sooner or later, the title will hit. The title will it, it hit. Sort, and it sort of does. The one I'm writing now, that's if I decide to actually get done. I'm almost done with it. Very proud of myself. Mm-hmm. You have to understand that most of my books have about 8,000 words. I'm up to 14,000, finally. <laughs> I'm getting there. Oh, wow, good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and it's It's scary. It's different. Um, I was mm-hmm. telling the author yesterday the, about it, and actually, it's New York Times. Somebody gave me, I can't say who, their editor, and I'm very concerned because the editor took two of my stories, and the person said that they were going to do like a free cold edit for the first two chapters, and the person said they were going to let me know on Friday what they thought, and they didn't say anything. So I'm wondering if the person likes them. What happens is if you look in the mirror, and you see your alter ego because you've done something horrible to something else, somebody else or something else. The alter ego says you're going to relive that incident and you're going to decide whether you want to do that or not or you're going to become a face in the mirror and what happened to the person is going to happen to you. That's my brilliance for this oh. week. It's scary. Yeah. I'm very proud, I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> I, I actually... <laughs> One one story I'll give away is about a, a cosmetologist who hates beautiful women, and she decides that she's going to teach them how to put makeup on with toxic makeup. And there is such a thing as toxic makeup. So I I, uh-huh. I did some research. Yeah, I did some research on that, and I actually found a link that says that most of the makeup we wear is toxic. Seriously, so you got to be careful what you put on your face. But, yeah, it's called mirror image, and if you don't want to be a face in the mirror, don't do something bad. I'm serious. I, I just, yeah. you know, th- that's one way to get rid of people you don't like. I'm serious. So the end of the book, we have Bobby, and he lived mm-hmm. a lot of different lives, didn't he? And what does he do as a guardian angel? What's his job? And how does he feel about um, guardian angel Slater if he makes it? Well, I think that Bobby um, Bobby feels as though Slater will have no trouble getting into the squad. I think Bobby 
has every space mm-hmm. that, that as you as you saw, I didn't do with Slater what I did with Bobby. I mean, St. Pete told him, you have three things you have to fix. With Slater, yes, I haven't given yeah. a number. Yeah, mm-hmm. but with Slater, I've not, I've not done that. So I, I have some decisions to make there. But, um, and I'm not in any hurry to make those decisions. Um, but Bobby, I think, thinks that, yeah, he's going to make it no sweat. But Bobby's job as a guardian angel is to help people get through get through bad times or help them make the correct decisions without making the decision for them to try and guide them kind of like he did with Lewis. You know, he kept appearing to Lewis, but you know, the parents didn't see him. Only Lewis saw him and trying to guide him toward tell your mother the truth, tell Mm -hmm. your mother what really happened. And so without making the child do it or terrifying the child. Because every time mm. he visited with Lewis, it was a it was a very soft visit. You know what I mean? He didn't do anything to frighten the child. And Lewis came around, didn't he? Lewis came around and told his mother the truth. So that's, that's his job as a guardian angel. Um, I don't know that his job will be to stop someone from dying in a car accident when you hear that all the time. Oh, my guardian angel was with me, and, you know, I didn't get killed in that car accident. I don't know that that's Bobby's job. But he is there to help people through bad times like he did Winnie. Winnie was having an emotional bad time. And he's there to help, you know, help people, guide people to do the right thing. Even though Mr. Starr didn't always do the right thing when he was alive, did he? <laughs> no, it's, it's it's scary because, you know, sometimes you look up at the sky and you go like, I wish this person was here to guide me and tell me what to do. And and, uh-huh. I, and I, I figured something crazy out. <laughs> Anybody wants to steal my idea, go ahead. When the cloud, my sister loved pink. And uh-huh. the day she died... I looked up at the sky, and the clouds were pink. And every time uh. yesterday, I look at the sky, and I go, yeah, Marcia, that's what my station's named after, Marsha Joyce, my sister. And I said, Marsha Joyce, you're here watching over me. I can do anything. I'm not going to fail. I won't give up. That was her thing. She could solve anything. There, she was nothing that, mm-hmm. nothing that she couldn't handle. And she was um, an office manager in an orthopedic doctor's office. And when she died, so did the practice. It just didn't go anywhere because she had her own way of doing crazy martial math. But you know, you look up. I look up in the sky. I say, "Go, oh, she's here. I'll be okay." And you just <laughs> don't know. Everybody I think everybody needs a guardian angel. Everybody needs yeah. somebody that they that could tell them it's going to be all right. And that's the sad part that doesn't happen. After, after somebody dies, and that's and I'm glad that Bobby is there to help Alexa and Winnie and come back and help Louie, because when somebody dies, everybody goes to the funeral, blah, 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 and then they forget they're ever there. They forget you too, seriously. So what is, yeah. what is next for, for uh, Fiona and Nathan? Well, I like them. Like I said, Fiona's new book will be coming out November the 2nd, and mm-hmm. it is called Murder by Stroke, and... Um, it is about a hometown girl who becomes a celeb, only she's not an actress. She is an, an, a landscape artist. And 
the thing about this woman, her name is Vashti. That is her, 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 uh, you know, her celeb name, Vashti. And she is drop dead gorgeous. And mm. she used to be Nathan's lover. Before Fiona, he was with this woman, and but her name was Sadie Jensen. And there was a problem with Sadie. Michelle, uh, Nathan's older sister, dubbed her Psycho Sadie because she would do things. She just was insanely jealous. If there was a girl who would even look mm. at Nathan, she would do things to her. So now she's this famous celeb, and she has come to Pittsburgh for a gala of her work. Mm. And she sends Nathan an invitation. And Ooh. he doesn't want to go because he had so much trouble breaking up with her years ago. And now here he is. He's married to Fiona. He doesn't want this in his life. But meanwhile, Nancy comes home to visit. It's right before the holidays. This just happens like a, two weeks before Thanksgiving, let's say. She comes home to visit for the Thanksgiving holiday. And she and Rita want to go because Rita remembers Sadie. She wants to see her, her painting. So they all go to this gallery to see this artist painting. And sure enough, this gorgeous woman approaches Fiona and says, Oh, you're Nathan's wife. Oh. And now things start to get pretty, pretty painted, let's just say. And um, so it's called Murder by the Stroke. And um, I think that I, I, my editor told me this is her favorite Fiona. So that makes me feel good when somebody tells me, oh, this, this one is so good. And there's a lot of twists in this one. There's a lot of twists. And what you think is happening isn't really happening. So um, I think you'll, you'll enjoy it. It comes out November 2nd. And it is on free sale on Amazon right now. And let me tell you what, did you see the cover of that thing? I, I put it oh, on yeah, Facebook, the cover. The no, cover I didn't. Is I'm, I'm on, my, my thing is on Facebook. My, I don't live on Facebook too often, but I'm going to find it. Well, it's, yeah. it's on Facebook, and it is so beautiful. I am so thrilled with this. I mean, all the Fiona covers are beautiful, but this cover is just extraordinary. It's just beautiful. So, um, okay, hold yeah. on a minute. Yeah. I'm looking for it on my I'm looking for it on your web on your page, and I don't see it. But I'll look for it later. I'll look, um, I'll look for it. Um, I'll find it. Murder by the Throat. Okay. I'll go on Amazon. You know, it's really weird. I reviewed a book the other day, and I put the put it on Amazon, and they have not accepted it. I, I even went and bought the book to see if they would, I don't know why they don't take it. They took everything else. I did Douglas Preston, Lincoln Child, and um, John Lansing, and everybody, and yours all the time. And it's, that doesn't make mm-hmm. sense. And they, uh. they they didn't say why either. They just pretended that it's not there. Okay, hold on. Huh. That's strange. I don't know why. It just says murder by the my my, my murder by the throat, right? Yeah, murder by the throat. C.S. McDonald. I don't know why. My 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 phone hates me. Yesterday I had to help my niece. Oh, there it is. I have murder by points. That one's not coming up. I'll find it later. 
It's not coming up. I'm sending, All I know is I'm sending it to you. I'm sending it to you right now. Okay. It should come any That's good. I was doing, um, my niece is taking medical assistant, and I'm taking it with her. I'm doing very well, by the way. And I, I typed the whole thing that she had to do, and I had to do with her, do with her and, the, and my computer made it disappear. I want to sit down on the floor and cry. Yeah, she had to write, um, pretend you're going for an interview. What are three questions, three challenging questions that you would have to answer? How would you answer them, and how would you dress professionally? That that was not hard to do. It's just that my computer didn't like it. So what can I say? Send in a photo. Okay, open. Oh, wow, this is really nice. Oh, Mida Mortimer Stroke. And is that is... Oh, the, that is good. And that's the girl that you were talking about. That's not Fiona. Yes. No, that's not Fiona. Fiona. That's, that's the artist. And you see the big splash is the portrait. Oh, wow. Yeah. You see, whoever yeah. does your covers really does a good job. I don't, I don't know She's if beautiful. I get this book. I don't know who's going to get this book. I haven't decided. I really would like to use somebody. You know, I work for so many publishing companies, and I just got an email from somebody from another publishing company that said they're going to send people to me for reviews, and I go, that's very nice. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> yeah, what are my requirements? Print, that's it. That's my requirement. Um, not for people like you, but other people that when I do through a publishing company or I do through a tour, I actually charge for my for the interviews because it takes me forever to do anything. And the only thing I require from an author basically is the book. And I don't charge mm-hmm. for book reviews. And I saw on Facebook today, you have a site that says public, um, promote your book with Cindy McDonald. It says it on the on Facebook. It has what? what did, There's something on Facebook that keeps saying promote your book with Cindy McDonald uh, e-books and stuff. It says on there. I don't like know what that's about. I've never, I've never put anything like that up. Maybe it's another you know, Cindy McDonald. There are a lot of us. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I don't. Look and, and they've got all the pictures of all your books too, by the way. So I don't know who's doing that. Really? And I didn't. Yeah, I'll have. If I see it again, I'll send it. I'll, I'll screenshot it and send it to you. But this, this is okay. this is what's been happening. Yeah. And then there's a site that said, if you join this site um, and pay a hundred dollars, we'll put. We might put you in the contest, and we'll do a book review for you for a hundred dollars. And I said, yeah, that, that's not going to happen. And then there were a few sites yeah. on Facebook that are saying, um, if you want it to, if you, depending on the category, 75 for one category, 100 for the 200, I don't pay for book reviews, people, and I don't charge people for book reviews. And I, I'm wondering, Amazon usually says if you pay for the book, get paid, they won't let you put it on there. So I don't even know anymore. Yeah. So anyway, tell everybody where we can get Fiona and Alexa. Um, you can pick them up on Amazon and uh, Books a Million, um, you know, and, and you can go to my website. They're right there on my website, too, www.csmcdonaldbooks.com. Well, everybody knows who you are. And usually what I say what do to you people, mean? I have my own fan club here. Trust me. 
they're uh-huh. not my fan club, they're other people's fan clubs. And when I say, I'm interviewing Cindy McDonald, they go, oh, I know who she is. And the funny part about it is if I say I'm interviewing a famous author, they have no clue. I'm serious. It's like, <laughs> n- no, no clue whatsoever at all. I mean, oh they goodness. do uh, Jason Bourne series, Brian Freeman, he's amazing. But when I say um, even James Patterson or somebody like that, if they don't read, they have no idea. Really sad. So um, oh, wow. before I go and I tell you, I have on my Facebook wall a 20, I don't know, I do this all the time, 2023 outstanding titles for this year. So you get to see what I picked. I picked okay. like... Yeah, ten of them, and I I just put the names of the books to tell everybody that if you want something great to read, these are the ones you need to read. Seriously. So, Cindy, thank you so much. Um, I forgot. Do you do panels and stuff like that? Do I do what? Panel shows. Panels. Panels. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay, I do. I'm them. gonna have to. I'm gonna have to include you because you do the supernatural. And this oh, is Andrew does the does the super crazy, and I'm doing this. <laughs> so I'm going to see if we can set something up for January because everything. Let me know uh, when you want the interview for for um, the new one because November is like whoa. I have one oh, no, on no, the no. second. I'd rather, I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather do it after the new year. Yeah, because once oh, November hits, it, my life starts exploding. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, that's yeah. even better. So I after can the do, new year would be perfect. I could do January 8th. That's a Monday. Is that all right? That's perfect. I will do January 8th. No problem. Uh, okay. Let me put it in my schedule. <laughs> my, 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 that's January is filling up people too. No, that's fine. I'm, oh, wow. I'm going to put that in there. This way I'll have it and I won't screw up again. No, the November 2nd, I'm doing um, another one with my reading professor. So for those reading people out there and teachers, you want to listen to this. It's about the science of reading. It's a type of way that um, teachers teach kids how to read, and you're going to need to listen to the show as to why. There's a lot of pros, but mostly cons. That's my field. Oh, wow. So, Cindy? Yeah. Have a great day. Thank you so much. I will send you the link in a couple of minutes. Everybody have a great day, and everybody stay safe, and bye. Bye Bye-bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.